Welcome, Texas Values friends. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. This is going to be a special edition of the weekly Texas Values Report because we're at the end of the year. Now, typically, I try to do it on December 31st, the last day of the year, but I know that uh, you know a lot of people are going to be out and about on that day. And, you know, I'm going to be talking with a lot of our supporters because as a nonprofit organization, that's a big part of the end of our year is talking to our supporters, encouraging them, thanking them and giving them those last minute reminders of why it's important to invest in our nonprofit organization. But I'll have a lot to tell them because this year has been quite extraordinary. So there's a lot to cover. We're going to go for about an hour and a half. As a matter of fact, we've got some special guests that are going to join us. Not only do the, the ones that you see in the screen here, Jonathan Covey, our policy director, Brian English, our director of the Church Ambassador Network, but throughout this special segment, and if you're listening to it on the radio, you're going to go for about a half hour, but for folks that are watching on social media and Facebook, we're going to go for an hour and a half, and we're going to be doing this live. We're going to have a special guest like State Representative Briscoe Kane one of the first people to file a heartbeat law, and then the author of Election Integrity. Then we've got Abby Johnson, speaking of pro-life issues like the heartbeat law, Beth Stelzer, who's getting a lot of attention in the Save Women's Sports Movement. And then Senator Angela Paxton is going to be one of our guests and a a number of other guests, including Nicole Hudgens from Family Policy Alliance and many more. And what I'm going to do is right now, I'm going to do what I want you to do. Okay, I'm going to go on my phone. I'm going to share. I'm going to like, and I'm going to share this Facebook Live to my individual account, so it gives some attention to this. I want you to do the same. Share it, like it, put it in some groups. Uh, you you want to let your friends know about what's going on, and you'll get a chance to interact with us. You can put some things in the comments. Let us know what you think the top story, the top victory uh, was this year for faith, family, and freedom. Oh, we're going to get into our top five, if not our top 10 list, but okay, I'm sharing it on my phone right now. All right, so maybe we'll get it up. We're at 39. Let's get over 100. That would be fun. Share it, like it, get into some groups from friends. But we're going to try to stay on a tight schedule because we have a very ambitious list of people that are going to be a part of this Facebook Live. But I wanted to start with some of the core members of our team as we go through this hour and a half, this lunch hour segment, if you will, to talk about some of the victories of 2021. And there's no question that the law and policy work we did and also the outreach work that we did in the churches was tremendous. Um, We're going to talk about, we're going to go down our list, but I mean, if you think about the heartbeat law, you think about uh, protecting churches and religious freedom, some of those significant things, you know, Texas values, we passed significant and really groundbreaking, if not leading legislation on three key pillars, religious freedom, marriage and family, and pro-life. And I'll get into those in more detail, but I want to just start for a minute, introduce our director of policy, Jonathan Covey, Mr. Covey, there was some extraordinary work. Um, and, and look, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been to the Capitol, which is strange because this year had three special sessions, including a regular session. Uh, but we did step away from there for a few weeks. But some incredible work that was done this year over there. Absolutely, Jonathan. And you're right. It's been a few weeks since we've been to the Capitol, but no shortage of time was spent there earlier this year. You're right. We had three special sessions we had a regular session January through the end of May. 
Um, and we were there every single day. Texas Values team was there every single day on the ground during session, testifying on bills like you talked about, the heartbeat bill, one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the country, in addition to protecting churches, getting legislation passed on uh, saving women's sports and high school sports, so many other things. And we know we want to talk about that and we'll have some guests to talk about that as well. But it was just really a fantastic year. Yeah, look, and there's still some work to do. I mean, we support a special session for issues like gender modification that didn't get done, um, a ban on vaccine mandates, but there were some significant, if not historic accomplishments legislatively. Then the work that we did at the State Board of Education, I believe Mary Elizabeth Castle from our team is going to come on a little bit later and talk about how we defeated efforts to put LGBT in abortion content and sex education in public schools. We were able to help defeat that. A lot of things that happened along the way, some local victories in um, in different school districts and in different cities across the state. A lot of great election outcomes as far as people that share our values ending up in office. And so, OK, we dropped to 28. All right. So if you're watching this live, like it, share it, put it in some groups. We need to get that group, that number up, especially when Briscoe Kane comes on and Beth Stelzer and Abby Johnson. But I want to go next to our director of the Church Ambassador Network, Brian English, a new project to Texas Values. Brian, you guys got off and running uh, from the beginning of this year, and it was impressive. Well, thanks, Jonathan. It was it was quite an adventure. I wouldn't have picked COVID as the time to launch a new ministry, uh, <laughs> but God is good and uses the strangest of circumstances to bring really good uh, good results. And uh, as a result of kind of the the interesting environment that we found ourselves in at the beginning of the session, especially where there weren't a lot of other groups in the building. Sometimes it just felt like it was y'all with the uh, the policy team kind of doing your thing and us with the pastors and some DPS officers. The building was very, very quiet in a lot of respects, and it gave us an opportunity to lay the groundwork for the ministry of the Church Ambassador Network that just grew throughout the session as, as we built relationships with the members. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I mean, maybe it was timely, right? I mean, with people needing a lot of prayer, with a lot of tense moments, uncertainty about how things were going to go with COVID at the Texas Capitol, your team was there every step of the way, praying with them, sharing the gospel, and really giving them some encouragement and support at times. And look, throughout this broadcast, I'm going to remind people, if you want to invest in our work, like the Church Ambassador Network, like the work that we did to educate people on policy issues and also uh, get them across the finish line, Make a tax-deductible donation to txvalues.org. Tax-deductible donation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We do have a matching grant in place. So we've got some generous supporters that have come forward. They're ready to match donations up to 50000 That's another way to inspire you. Really, you could say it doubles your impact, right? And so if you give 50, turns into 100 with that matching grant, txvalues.org. We still have a little bit of money we have to raise, almost 100000 before the end of the year. Brian, you talked about some of the work with the pastors. Uh, look, these people, these were English and Spanish. I mean, a lot of variety and diversity, people from all over the state that were a part of the Church Ambassador Network. And, you know, we've got a great video, too. There's a link on our website to the Church Ambassador Network. Nice endorsement there from your former boss, Senator Cruz. But it was great to see so many people uh, draw some strength from that and, and, and a lot of focus beyond that. And for people to see... This is an important part of what we do at Texas Values. 
That's right. And it's one of the things that uh, maybe would surprise some folks because Texas Values has such a great and well-established track record of success at the Capitol in the legislative arena. Uh, we are a Christian ministry at our core. We're motivated by our Christian principles. And so right. for us to grow the ministry and to include this church ambassador network, I think that the people that are watching and the people that have supported Texas Values over the years ought to be really excited to know that we're providing not just policy advice. We're not just not we, the Texas values as a team. So Jonathan Covey and y'all with the policy team doing policy work. Uh, we do a lot of grassroots activism as a team, but specifically what I focus on with the church ambassador network is bringing that pastoral ministry aspect to the Capitol. And it was so well received both by the pastors and by the members. Yep. Yeah, no, one of the moments I'm going to remember for quite some time is that moment that you had with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. We were there in his office with members of your team. And, you know, he started off by, you know, a discussion about policy. And you were able to say, you know, I'm here just to pray with you. And that's just naturally what he does. Right. And it gave him some comfort. You know, I mean, he's a very strong Christian. But to really have that conversation, uh, provide that support and for him to know that that's that's happening quite frequently with our leadership at the Texas Capitol. Speaking of grassroots effort, I'll bring you back in for just a minute before we bring on Beth Stelzer from Save Women's Sports. Mr. Covey, I'm going to check the numbers. Maybe you can go uh, talk to members of our team and check the numbers. But last time I checked, we were over six figures, over 100,000 messages, if not more, that were sent to members, elected officials throughout the legislative sessions and special sessions. Talk about a robust number. And it was not ignored. Oh, it was it was totally not. It was uh, very much seen. And I think we're up to, uh, I believe, around 130,000 messages now. And, you know, it was just an incredible response by um, by people that came up and said, yes, I want to be involved in this process. I want to advocate uh, for these issues. And speaking of what you're talking about with Brian, about the legislators feeling like, you know, they were lifted up, they were prayed for. Um, I can say the same for my team. I can say the same for, the, for our policy team and the people working with the legislators. We felt like we were being lifted up as well. And so uh, it was just very encouraging. And it was good to see that so many people stepped forward, they got involved, and so many of these uh, conservative social issues were able to get passed as a result. And that is the power of grassroots advocacy. All right. Just some of the many reasons why you should consider donating to us before midnight tomorrow, December 31st, txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation right now. Help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. Things like the heartbeat law, the Save Women Sports law, the um, protection of churches, a lot of other things we're going to cover during this segment. And I'm um, and Natalie, if you on the back end, drop a link in the comment section of the Zoom to give people a link directly to the donate page on our website. All right, we're at 30. We're like up in between 29 and 39. We're all over the place. Like, share, get this into some groups. Let's get up over 100, okay? We got Beth Stelzer coming up next. She is all over the place with media this week because she's like the hot story. The Save Women's Sports issue has been on Fox News and it's gotten tremendous attention. And I'm setting her up. Um, if y'all send me a note, Natalie, if she's in the the waiting room, they're ready to go. We're ready to bring her on. I'm going to change my uh, she's ready. All right. So we're going to say goodbye to uh, Mr. English. Jonathan Covey's going to stay on for just another minute. Let's bring on the leader of Save Women's Sports, our good friend. Beth Stelzer, 
Welcome to our year-end edition of the Texas Values Report. Beth, how you doing? Here she comes. Hey, Beth, there you are. Great looking background. (laughs) Thank you. Likewise. Have you gotten any rest in the past two or three days? Goodness, since Christmas. Uh, Not much, but it's okay. I'm loving the momentum and the movement right now. It's been extraordinary. Beth Stelzer is the leader of Save Women Sports Organization, as you can see there with her background. She is uh, an athlete herself, a uh, an award-winning athlete, and really has been leading the effort across the country to make it clear that biological men and boys should not be competing in women's sports at all levels, uh, not only just high school, but also college. She was a part of the effort in many states. There are seven or eight states now that have passed laws, and 30 of them are considering laws that that just really put in state law common sense, which which we think we've been following all this time, but That's now we've got to have a law is. in place, right? Yeah, and you helped with the effort in Texas. We got a law passed that protects in high school and also in middle school. We still think we need to work on that issue in college, but we For made sure. a significant difference and significant progress yeah. on that issue in high school. I want to talk about our your work together with us, but before we do that, though, Tell us what has been happening lately on this issue, man. It has just exploded. Well, it's been amazing. Uh, We're starting to see the groundswell of support come forward because of the work that organizations like yours and I have done. People now feel safe in speaking up and speaking the truth. And we're seeing this NCAA athlete, Leah Thomas, who used to compete as a male, now breaking records, uh, very close to even breaking women's Olympic records at this rate. And it's encouraged a swimming official to speak up. Former champions are speaking up. Former coaches are speaking up. It, it's, a, it's amazing. And it's what needs to get done. It, a grassroots movement is what was, it was going to take to stop this ideology and the erasure of women. And here we are. And, and, and I feel like I've gone to battle with your amazing team. We had so many attempts and we finally got it done. And hopefully we can amend that to college production. <laughs> Well, I mean, there it took three special sessions and a regular session, and I think you were there almost every step of the way in several of those special sessions. You came in and uh, members of your team came in, friends of yours that you brought along, and we couldn't have done it without you, Beth. And, and it's encouraging to continue to see the momentum that you're getting. You came and testified several times at the Texas legislature. As a result of that, we do have a new state law in Texas, the Save Women Sports Bill. Some people are calling it the Save Girls Sports Bill because it just includes high school and middle school. However you want to address it or categorize it, this was a huge step, a significant step to make it clear in sports that biological boys cannot be competing in girls sports. And in the state of Texas, they control the state body at the high school and middle school. Our state government does. University Interscholastic League, UIL, as many of us refer to it. And there was a lot of testimony. I mean, just the testimony alone should have made the case of all these people saying we shouldn't have a policy like this and we want to do this. Oh, but there's really not a problem or anything to worry about. We're not trying to do anything different. But we heard a lot of testimony that the state entities are getting more and more questions and concerns and complaints 
about these issues. We know it's a gro- growing problem. We, it's a very real threat. All ages, right. all sports, all levels of sports from, you know, high school, middle school, up to the elites are seeing this invasion of our rights, privacy, and safety. And I'm so grateful for the work that we were able to do. I mean, we were in the state capitol for over 20 hours one of those days <laughs> together. It really yeah. felt like a battle. Yeah, and there was sometimes where, you know, look, you're testing the limits of, you know, of being awake, right? It, you know, I mean, one of the hearings, I think, ended at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. It started around 9.30 or 10. But look, that's what you do. And that's what our organization does. We're the only faith and family organization that has somebody at the Capitol every day during the sessions, every day during the special sessions. It, it takes that kind of commitment and they'll put you to the it test. that dedication but- to get this passed. Well, and talk, you got some new friends, right? Not only Matt, Martina Navratilova, you've got Chris Everett now uh, out there talking about this issue, the, the people that have been a part of the leadership of the swimming industry, and I'm sure many more. I mean, um, what is Fox it's News? A, it's just going is, to is be a groundswell of support. Yeah, um, we've, this, it's kind of invaded the Fox News. I just love it. We've had uh, Cynthia Millen, the former swimming official that hung up her whistle, said enough is enough. Wow. And Jerry Chanteau, who is an 11-time All-American, married to an Olympian swimmer, saying enough is enough. And she has his supporters tweeting out for us, too. Like I said, this is just the groundswell that's going to come up because enough is enough. It's kind of like the tell the emperor's new clothes. You know, it was just a matter of time until everyone had the nerve to speak up. Well, and, and this is what we wanted to avoid. We wanted to avoid these situations like you're seeing with the swimmer from Pennsylvania of these things where, where things that are happening that are not fair. People are losing their rights. They're losing advantages. They're losing the ability to compete or to be successful. You know, how many stories do they need to realize you've got to have a consistent policy in place or you're going to see more of that? And that's the great work you're doing at Save Women's Sports. You were right there with us. Every step of the way, Texas took a big step. We need to take another step. Other states are doing the same. Um, I, I see it on social media. It looks like you continue to get a lot more positive attention. And not just people on the right, but people sort of on the left, if you will. People that are gay, people that are Democrat. I mean, it's not no, just It really a, started out as a yeah. partisan issue, which was a shame because it's a common sense issue and it's a hands across the aisle moment. And I think us working together shows that. Um, Save Women Sports is a nonpartisan group. We have people from all backgrounds that came together together to help pass this law in your state. And and we're going to do it nationwide. It's just a matter of time. You know, it's only been 50 years this summer is when we're going to celebrate Title IX. And the Biden administration is basically working to erase that. It's time for everyone to step up. They've been aggressive. And look, there's been a lot of attention on different issues this year. And this one has been certainly a big deal. And we've got to be careful that we don't lose sight of it with the Biden administration and other people putting policy. And I'm going to bring Jonathan Covey in for just a second. We know we're going to see that. We've already seen that from the Biden administration coming up with new policies, agency issues, executive orders, whatever they're going to try to do to push the envelope. And that's why it's been so important for states like Texas to pass a state law that we can hook into and say, look, we've got state law that should be controlling this issue, not the federal government. Right. Well, and it really is supposed to be a, a state controlled issue. Right. Uh, you know, pre- presidents change and executive orders change. But this is a, a, an issue that should be controlled by the states. And we're seeing that the federal government is saying that, you know, through HHS and other 
federal agencies. They're going to try to put rules forward to to make changes um, in, in the direct opposition to what Texas has already done. So it is it's really important that in Texas we have a law that's in place that protects women and says that biological males cannot be competing in biological female sports. It. it, it like Beth was talking about, it should be a bipartisan issue. Now, the uh, the thing in Texas was it was very difficult to kind of get that grasp around, you know, who supports it and who doesn't. Because man, we worked hard on this issue. We tried to get it. We tried to get it through in the regular session, and then Beth came back. We were we were first special session, second special session. Didn't get it until the third. <laughs> hey, I'd say, and there were some Republicans that right. you know we weren't sure were going to be with us. Governor Greg Abbott kept putting it on the special session call, even though the House wasn't getting things done. The Senate passed it several times, but we showed them. We had one last chance, it seemed, and we got something across the finish line. We need to continue to build on that. Uh, Beth, just one last moment. We'll give you kind of the last word on this issue. Momentum is picking up. You're having a great moment, if you will, uh, And I, but I think it's going to continue to last. I think with names like Chris Everett, these swimming people, you're going to see more and more momentum. Tell people about your website and if they want to get connected and learn more about this issue um, working with us or in other states. Thanks again for the opportunity. If you want to get involved, you can just go to savewomensports.com. Make sure you get all those S's in there. And there's all the information you need to get involved, all the science and proof. Although we shouldn't even need science, right? It's common sense. Um, Thank you so much for your work in doing this. And again, savewomensports.com. Great. Beth Stelzer has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. We'll be seeing her again because we are going to come back and continue to work on that issue, uh, not only just for high school like we did this year, but extend it to college. So, Beth, have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. All right. This is going to be an hour and a half segment, just so everybody knows. We're going to have guests coming in and out during this time period. We're going to go all the way to one o'clock. And as a reminder, and we'll drop another link in the web, excuse me, in the chat, in the comment section. Um, Look, if you want to support our organization, txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today. As a matter of fact, I might get in trouble. I'm going to do something. You probably can't see this mug that well. um, It's going to kind of go in and out. All right, there we go. That's a good angle. It says, come and take it. That's the Bible where the canon, the Gonzalez canon usually is. Uh, Donations of $100 or more, we'll send this mug to you. But when you get your receipt from your donation, you've got to email it to us and say, you know, come and take it mug or coffee mug. Okay. That way we'll know, okay, that's why you gave, we'll send this to you a hundred dollars donation. And then these nice little footballs we made for our policy event. All right. We'll do the same too. All right. Faith, family, and football. It sort of fits with the F. All right. Same thing, a hundred dollars donation, send it in. But when you get your receipt, send an email to us with the, with a note about the football, we'll send that over to you just as another way to say, thank you. But we still got a lot of money to raise before the end of the year. All right. Well, there's a matching grant in place for donations up to $50,000. So your, your gift will essentially be doubled if you'll do that. TXvalues.org. Make that tax deductible donation right now. You can call us. All right. Nancy standing by waiting for calls. All right. I'm going to say it that way. 512-478-2220. 512-478-2220. You could drop something in the mail today. Make sure it's dated no later than December 31st, and you'll be good for your tax donation and tax deductible purposes this year. All right, let's bring in our friend, Ann Hedinger, who is graciously waiting in the waiting room. She (laughs) is the leader of Concerned Women for America of Texas and has been a friend of Texas Values for quite some time. Ann, welcome to our year-end wrap-up show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for including me. 
We have you a bet. Lot of Absolutely. Well, look, we couldn't have done it without you. I mean, particularly the two key issues we talked about and several others, but there's no question. Concerned Women for America, the, uh, the Texas group, as well as the national group, was one of the first to get on board with the Texas heartbeat law. We worked together with you on this issue. Your national folks were a great support. Got to see Penny Nance when I was in D.C. recently, but, but as well as the Save Women Sports issues. Those were two big policies this year, and you guys were right there from the beginning. Couldn't have done it without you. Tell us why those issues were so important to your organization. Well, I just believe that sanctity of life is the core issue for any of our uh, any of life, any of our bills, any of our rules that we have to live by. The first thing that God requires of us is to respect his creation in us. And uh, so I just believe that that's fundamental to everything else we do. That certainly has been the core of the issue for CWA for, I guess, more than 40 years since we began. And so it continues to be, and we'll continue to speak up for the rights of babies, the unborn, as well as life as it continues on through uh, the time when God calls us home. Well, and and look, I, I think both of these issues matter to men and women, right? The life issue, the Save Women Sports issue. But there are some people that will say, you know, we don't want to hear, you know, with men, this is a women's issue. Okay, well, let's hear what concerned women for America of Texas think. And a lot of times, oh, wait, we don't want to hear from them either, you know, or the, the left or the biased media. But there are, I mean, when I was in D.C. particularly, I mean, you saw women just flooding the crowds, right? I mean, they're leading the pro-life movement. Um, there's a generation, many of them that have grown up with Roe versus Wade. And so, so many of them robustly, they're supporting the Texas heartbeat law, like during the legislative process. Right. And you and I know, and we've been through around this, you know, circus around this drill before, we know it's a lot easier to kill a bill than it is a passive bill. And even though something like the heartbeat law was getting a lot of momentum, yeah. it, it wasn't all there from the beginning. And you got to work the process uh, and, and a lot of chances for things to fall apart. That's why it's important for uh, for our groups to stand together. Uh, you've seen it time and again, um, but we were able to prevail this time on some very key issues this session. Uh, in, the 19, in the 2019 session, my, my team and I walked and walked and walked and walked and talked and talked and talked to legislators in the Texas legislature, asking them to pass the heartbeat bill. And at that particular time, uh, Briscoe Kane was carrying it and we got nowhere. But you know what? God in his time with his people, he brings it to pass. And, and I just celebrate. We have some valiant, valiant representatives and senators in our Texas legislature. I celebrate Shelby Slauson. As a freshman, this important bill she was uh, asked to help carry. And for Brian Hughes, who's been so long a valiant legislator for us in the Texas, they they brought it to pass. And they, they along were, with all of us. Who, who they were an exceptional it. team. And look at where we are now. And people can see the latest information on the heartbeat law. We've got a new revamped uh, you know, with some more bells and whistles on it. The new Texas Heartbeat Law was launched yesterday. Go to T, uh, excuse me, TexasHeartbeatLaw.com to see the new Texas Heartbeat Law website. On that website, you can see that we've saved over 18,000 lives. The law went into effect on September 1st. And since then, we estimate about 18,000 lives have been saved because there are about an estimate of 150 abortions every year in the state of Texas. The abortion clinics have said they're not doing abortions right now as this issue is, you know, uh, the law is in effect and they're trying to strike it down in court. So 
Boy, that's significant. 18,000 lives and the number continues to grow every day. Uh, that's what this is all about, right? People ask this all the time. They ask me, why do you do this? Because we're trying to save lives. And I mean, that's and the fact that we're doing that now with what many people consider one of the strongest pro-life laws ever in the state of Texas. You know, that's a lot to reflect on and embrace. And it's encouraging that the Supreme Court has uh, not not stopped it. They could have. They didn't. So that tells you what the mood of the country is becoming. I think as technology has shown us and has, has improved, people are understanding, hey, this is not a lump of tissue. This is a little baby created in the image of God. Thank you for this life. And it makes a difference in this world. So I'm excited that the, that the people of the country are beginning to recognize how important this sanctity of life issue is. Yeah, there's no question. And, and I'll you know, bring Jonathan Covey, our policy director, in for just a minute. Um, you don't have to be a lawyer to appreciate this, but certainly us, uh, uh, you know, with the legal background that you and I both have, it's something that comes into focus for us. When you have a case go before the U.S. Supreme Court twice, and the Texas, the Texas Harvey Law has been in front of the U.S. Supreme Court twice, and it's prevailed both times, right. it's harder to be in a stronger legal position than that. And they, the, and, and trust me, there were two lawsuits. Their efforts were one way or another to try to stop, to halt the Texas heartbeat law, and they failed on both counts. Uh, that's going to be significant as we move forward, Mr. Covey. It's very significant. And like you were talking about, there were two different lawsuits that were brought. One was brought by the uh, abortion providers, and the other was brought by Biden's Department of Justice. And one thing we found out was that the Department of Justice doesn't have any standing to bring this suit. The Supreme Court threw that out. They said, sorry, uh, federal government can't be involved in this. Abortion providers uh, can continue on with their case. But that doesn't mean that they even have a leg to stand on either. And so what we saw was in those two decisions before the Supreme Court, there was a significant narrowing of who could bring uh, a lawsuit to try to stop the heartbeat law. And, and when I say significant, it was very, very narrow, the, the amount of people that could bring uh, those type of lawsuits. And so we we are been put in a considerably strengthened position uh, to be able to maintain the law going forward. And, and you were talking earlier about being in Washington, D.C. The other um, case before the Supreme Court, the Dobbs case, which uh, came out of Mississippi, was um, it, it is slightly different, but it was also fascinating to hear the oral arguments because it's one of the first times in, in I don't know how many years that a substantive legal issue has been discussed before the Supreme Court about uh, having to do with abortion and pro-life issues. Yeah, and well, so, and, yeah. And, and case in point, it presents a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade, it does. which many people not may not be aware is a Texas case. Roe versus Wade started in Texas. Henry Wade was the district attorney in Dallas County where the case originated. All right, we just got a few minutes, a few uh, moments left, really, because State Representative Briscoe Kane is up next and he's in the waiting room. And you work together with us on the Save Women's Sports issue. We That protects uh, athletes to, uh, to keep biological boys from competing in girls sports in high school. I know we want to come back and address things at the college level, but such a significant victory for women, but for all of us in Texas. Yes. So finally, we are protected. We've done as much as we can could during this session, and we look forward to approaching it again next session to protect our girls in college. 
Um, but but it's significant what we did because yeah. the girls are protected in high school. That's where the scholarships are awarded. And so we did a significant thing in stopping it in our high schools and, and in our middle schools. And so you would have thought, yeah, you would have thought from the left that the sky was going to fall. Everything was going to, I mean, they made it seem like it was one of the most significant pieces of legislation on this issue. And to some sense, right, this was probably one of those pieces of legislation that got to the core of some issues that people on the LGBT side uh, feel like, you know, relates to their identity or the definition of it, because they have tried to redefine issues of male and female. Now we have something in statute that says it doesn't work that way. There is a uh, significance to the issue of what's on your birth certificate, how you're born, and that matters in law. Now we've got that recognized maybe for the first time in a significant way that we'll build on. And thank you again for all your work together with Texas Values this year in the session. And we wish you a happy new year. Happy new year to you. Look forward to working with you the next year too. You bet. Great organization that Ann runs, Concerned Women for America of Texas. You can support her and you can support Texas Values, txvalues.org. Make those tax deductible donations. I'll tell you what, having the relationships that we have is such a key part. And I think a part of our leadership at Texas Values, nurturing them, protecting them and building them over years with friends like Ann Hedinger. All right, let's bring on next State Representative uh, Briscoe Kane, who, boy, he had his hands full this year. And I'm not talking about the fact that he's got a growing family. You know, maybe that's part of it. But he was in leadership on so many different issues this legislative session. And really, as it relates to a lot of issues we care about, but in a new way, leading the effort on election integrity. Chairman uh, Briscoe Kane, welcome to our year and wrap up for Texas Values. Hey, Texas Values family. So glad to be on the year and wrap up. By the way, for those watching, I don't know, does it blur? If you got oh, he's email. got a donation card there. Yes. Or he's so got his there's, mailer. There's, um, there's two political groups. My wife and I give a, you know, try and give money when we can. And there's two political groups that I give a small amount to monthly. Texas Values and the Texas Pastor Council. So I encourage others to do it, you know, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever you can do uh, to help this, this group out. So I know you didn't have me on for that reason, but I wanted to make that pitch. Oh, uh, no, keep but, going. We'll just do the whole segment <laughs> on the year in. I, I find <laughs> value and uh, no, I, you and, your I, and I appreciate you mentioned that. And look, we're going until one o'clock. If you're watching on Facebook, like this post. Share it. Let's get those numbers up so more people can hear what Representative Briscoe Kane has to say about the legislative session, but so more people can hear about what we're doing at Texas Values and ways to invest before midnight, December 31st. We do have a matching grant in place. All donations up to $50,000 will be matched, tax deductible donations. So, Chairman Kane, you came into this session leading and ready to lead the Texas Heartbeat Law effort. And you had filed it last year or last session, and that was what we were focusing on too. All right. Representative Kane's going to file it in the House. We're going to have Brian Hughes in the Senate. But things changed because the election integrity was a huge issue. You were asked to lead that effort. And next thing we know, Shelby Slauson is carrying the heartbeat law. But it wasn't like you faded into the background. I mean, this has been an issue that's been so important. Probably one of the main reasons you decided to run for office, the life issue. So tell us about what, you know, what it's meant to you to see that all come together this year. Well, you know, the, the life is used, the reason, uh, you know, I went and got a bunch of debt going to law school. 
Um, so it, yeah, it's definitely the reason we got into, into legislature. It's the kind of the motivating factor. Um, and I know it is for, for you and, and much of your staff. Um, if we don't have that, then it, the, all, all the rest of it's useless. And now we're seeing um, the, the effects on our society uh, the, the uptick in violence and things. I think a lot of it goes back to uh, the respect and value of individual human life. And as we've continued to devalue it, we, I think we're seeing what we're seeing in our culture. Before um, the heartbeat bill, though, uh, thank you for your organization being there from the beginning when we were pushing it uh, at the 2018 uh, Republican Convention, the Texas Republican Convention, and, and the bill in the 2019 session. So Representative Shelby Slauson, um, as a freshman, her first bill was a, a version of uh, my heartbeat bill from 2019. And so it was an easy decision to make to have her carry it. She showed as a freshman that that was her most important thing. It's the first bill she filed, so it was symbolic. And she did an excellent job. And of course, sometimes when we have, uh, I don't think I could have spoken the way she did on the floor. She was able to give stories and anecdotes as, as a mother, um, something, you know, as a father of five boys, I, I can't do that, but uh, she was able to do it very well as a, as a mom and, and as, a, as a female conservative legislator. And so we've got it done and, and we're, we're still counting. Babies are still being saved. Of course, I'm sure you've talked about uh, court cases and how the Fifth Circuit's yeah, look. hearing it soon, but uh, it's exciting. I mean, one Work. day is enough, right? I mean, Christ would have come for one of us. And we've that's got right. one baby being saved. And I think many of us say that's that was what all the work was for. And of course, we have far more numbers than that. Now, we're keeping count at our new revamped Texas Heartbeat Law website, texasheartbeatlaw.com. You can go there right now and see the numbers over 18,000. And we don't just have a count of that. We've got a lot of great connection points, a lot of great links where women, children, or families that there are resources for women and children, excuse me, and families that are going through these issues, not just by the babies in the womb, but after that. So, I mean, $100 million has been allocated over two years to support women in these type of situations to um, when the baby's in the womb. And after that, Texas, I think, is really leading the way in the alternatives to abortion fund that they have set up. And But the Texas heartbeat law went into effect on September 1st. We wouldn't have a Texas heartbeat law if Representative Briscoe Kane had not filed it in the 2019 session, had not cared about the issue. You spoke at our event over a year and a half ago. We highlighted it with Janet Porter and others and said, we're going to go into this session and get it done. And, and you also showed a really great leadership move to say, you know what? Okay, election integrity is important. And I'm now chairing this committee but we've got to get this issue done. And I know you were working behind the scenes and really put the issue above yourself, if you will, and said, hey, if this, if this puts us in a position to get it done, great. And, and I tell you, I was, um, you know, it, it was extraordinary to watch it play out. But those things, even though there's a lot of support, there was still work to be done. And now a lot of people don't appreciate this. A lot of pro-life laws, they don't go into effect right away. We have to first win in court and then come back and have them not the case with the Texas heartbeat law. And another reason why it's been historic. And I think one of the biggest pro-life issues uh, that's happened in quite some time. Yeah. You know, when we were working on it and writing it with uh, Sir Hughes and Jonathan Mitchell, there'd be discussions and excitement going, man, they're not going to know what to do with this, the way we designed it for jurisdiction. In theory, we knew what it meant, but you still, I don't know, until you see it, until you see that it remains in effect and what you thought was going to happen happens, uh, it becomes really real. Real quick, though, you had mentioned Janet Porter, a woman who doesn't get enough praise for that. People, if you've never heard her name, you probably haven't being in Texas. You should at least look her up. She maybe had called the 
the godmother, the grandmother, the heartbeat acts. She was the one who kind of first started getting them going around the country. And I remember having discussions with her about our version and how we were doing it. And she was, she was concerned at first. She was wondering what we were up to. And now, uh, <laughs> as we can see, it's becoming a model for, for other states uh, across the country. You know, you mentioned um, that leadership and sacrificial leadership. And I want to recognize it's something that your organization does as well. We oftentimes have uh, groups or people wanting us to do things or say certain things. And we have reasons that maybe we don't because we recognize the end goal. I mean, uh, sometimes it takes this, this prudence. And for me, these last few sessions have been all about really getting the heartbeat bill done and knowing that if I was to uh, not be able to help create that group or that number to get the 76 votes is what we need to pass things in the house, um, that we can't get there. And so sometimes it, it means that there'll be a hit, uh, maybe on your reputation or somebody's going to be upset and y'all understand that as well. But the end, end of the day, right? What matters is the fruit and your organization continues to show fruit in the tree. And I, I think we've uh, continued to show um, great kind of things coming out of the Texas house. Look, what, what better timing seeing the Biden administration, you know, essentially legalize mail order abortions. And we got that done that Texas had enough yeah. um, brains that chairman. We passed, yeah, we passed a law on that. And governor Abbott actually did a bill signing ceremony at our Texas values policy event. Uh, in September, while he was speaking, I, you know, I just you mentioned it. We got into this work for the life movement. You and I were standing on the side of a curb outside of Planned Parenthood doing a, you know, a press conference several years ago. One of the reasons I went to law school was to be in a position to advocate on these issues. And we've been waiting for a moment like this. And it's not over. I mean, Roe versus Wade's not been overturned. We don't know what the, the Supreme Court's going to do until they do it. But they have upheld and allowed the heartbeat law to prevail. And, and I was mentioning this earlier, right? And you'll appreciate this as an attorney too. If your case, if your law goes up before the U.S. Supreme Court, not once, but twice and prevails, I don't know that you could have a stronger precedent than that. And it puts us in such a strong position legally as the other side has a very narrow um, avenue to, to try to walk through. But the position they're in now is, is so much weaker. And you know, for us to have a pro-life law that is this aggressive, that, uh, if you will, that is this strong, that th that is comprehensive in so many ways that when a heartbeat is detected, which could be five or six weeks, that life is protected. Um, if, we, if we could ask for this, this is what we'd have asked for. And sometimes it doesn't seem real, but it's incredible. And I think we need to embrace all of it and continue to stay united with this momentum. Uh, Jonathan, if you have a moment, you, you had mentioned yeah. standing in front of Planned Parenthood, uh, Gulf Coast. I think this is 2016. You know, pardon me, guys, if you don't remember the dates. But here's how this happened. And I think it's important for people that are your supporters to know this um, without a lot of backstory. So David Delighton, uh, probably the, the more well-known face of uh, what be called the undercover Planned Parenthood whistleblower, et cetera, right? The, the videos exposing Planned Parenthood's baby part cells. Um, sends me a text, calls me immediately the, the day that he's indicted in Harris County by the DA and uh, or by the grand jury rather. And the first person I call is is uh, is you, Jonathan Signs, to discuss releasing these documents. And you were very quick to say, I'm coming down from Austin. Let's do this and expose it. And so to kind of bring it full circle for people, uh, what we released that day were, were purchase orders and documents that backed up and supported the undercover videos, meaning the people's names were on the document that were in the videos doing exactly what they were saying that proved it. Of course, it later goes before a congressional subcommittee. Uh, the videos backed up by the documents is when they recommended criminal charges be brought. Sadly, 
those were never brought against Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast, but it did help show it and expose it and support it that those were not doctored. There was you know, documented evidence that uh, four Texas medical schools were buying baby parts with tax dollars, but they were getting them uh, there from Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast. You were the guy that I knew to help get that exposed. And so thank you. Well, no, look, I appreciate you trusting me too and, and being there with you because, you know, and it's tough sometimes when you've got information like that, how do you do it? What's the strategy? Let's make sure we can get attention on it. But we're able to get a good result and then to make it that much more difficult for Planned Parenthood on these issues. And it, and the issue really just grew after that. And together we got some great things done. But that speaks to, you know, how far back some of these issues go for you, if not even further back. In this session, you helped lead the effort on election integrity. But I wanted people to know the significance of your work on the pro-life issue. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you continue to uh, be smart about your approach. But overall, I appreciate how effective you are and uh, hope you have a great new year. And, and just want to say thank you for working yeah, together yeah. with us at well, Texas thanks. Values this I'm year. I'm glad you, you mentioned effectiveness. Uh, there are a lot of organizations you could, you know, those of you listening or watching could, could give your money to make donations. There's a lot of groups that do similar things. And the question is, What's going to be done with it? Are there going to be people there in the Capitol daily or are they going to make phone calls? Uh, the, the corporations and the people that are you know, maybe against us, they've got lobbyists there every day. Um, and the, the only really conservative organization that's there daily the, the, that's focused on family values and life issue is Texas Values. I see your staff standing outside of the lobby. That's where that term comes from. I'm walking to the House floor every yep. day putting things in my hand that they did yesterday, but just constantly saying, this is important to us. We, I know we gave this to you yesterday and I'm sure you're on board, but go, go sign these bills and they do good work. That, that adds value. That's really important. And so if you care about the issues of family and marriage and just these conservative values, there's other groups out there, of course, that say those are for those things. Um, Texas values, Texas values action um, are for those things. They're effective and they do do it. So, Yes, it's the new year. Make it happen. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You can do that at txvalues.org. And Chairman Briscoe Kane, thanks for being a guest today on our Texas Values Report end of year wrap up. Now, yes. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. And we've got Senator Angela Paxson in the waiting room. And Jonathan Covey's got some work to do because we're not just raising money at the end of the year. Uh, the Biden administration's up to some, some uh, nonsense. So we're trying to right. figure out some legal strategies on that and others. Thank you, Mr. Covey. Appreciate Thanks, all your work this year. Thanks. But our conversation is going to continue. We're going until one o'clock. If you're watching us on Facebook, like this post, share it. Let's get the numbers up. There's a lot to cover. What's the, what's the biggest story of the year? What's the number one story? We're going to reveal that at the end. But before we do, make sure you take time to give a donation at txvalues.org. All right. We're welcoming Senator Angela Paxton, who <laughs> it looks like she's in a really nice setting, which means... We probably interrupted some recreational time that I'm sure she's deserved and earned, but it does speak to the work and the friendship that we have with her and her team and wanted to have her on because one of the most significant things that happened this year at the legislative session is we sent a message in state law that government has to keep their hands off the churches. The only people that get to decide when the church stays open and when they're closed and how to navigate those issues is the church. We've got to trust them to do that. And we knew the only way to make that clear was to have a state law that says that. And Senator Angela Paxson led that effort. And she certainly was a part of other efforts as well. 
Senator Paxson, thanks for joining us for a little bit. Hey, Jonathan, it's great to be with you. Great to be with everyone. And I tell you what, and um, you know, it, I am in a, a beautiful place. Uh, we're taking a few days off to relax before we hit that sprint uh, in the March to the primary and uh, March 1st and everything. But, you know, I'm just enjoying the weather out here and uh, having some nice downtime. And anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be well, with you. You know, what? It's, it's crazy, though, Jonathan, just like you said, we sent a message with the legis- uh, through the legislature that only churches uh, decide when churches are open or closed because it's, a, it's not just a law. It's a constitutional right that yeah. we have to express um, our faith through our practice of religion. So it's kind of sad in a way that we had to pass a law, especially in Texas. But we did. And um, we did that with a, lot, a number of things. Um, but we're not going to sit by and not draw the line in the sand when, it, when it's brought up to us. Yeah. Well, look, and that's and that's why we have a state legislature, because if if everyone could just sort of agree that this is how we do things, it wouldn't be necessary. And we've got evidence of that. We had government officials in the state of Texas, uh, particularly at the local level that were threatening to close churches. They were sending law enforcement after people. There were people that were having parking lot services and still law enforcement was circling around them, you know, making sure they were following. I don't know some rules outside. And so it, it had gotten out of control. And look, we, we would have thought last year, okay, the pandemic's over. It's not. There's another variant. There's another, you know, vaccine. What I mean, so who knows how long this is going to last? Who knows if there's going to be another, you know, flare up and you've got some government officials saying, wait a minute, maybe we should close the churches again. And so we had a moment to do something and you and your team led that effort in the Senate. And it was an extraordinary. And I think it was something that other states followed. I mean, you had other states that had to go to court to deal with this issue, we were able to get something done at the legislature. And to your point, it also led to getting a constitutional amendment that people got to vote on and send a resounding message with that as well. And and it was a lot of great testimony. In times of struggle and stress, the churches absolutely need to be open, if any other time, right? Exactly. I mean, it it really is crazy. But, you know, I, I remember hearing someone say one time, chaos brings clarity. And and I think that is one of the things that has happened for people who, as Jesus said, have eyes to hear, uh, eyes to see and ears to hear, right? Um, you, in these moments of chaos, where things all seem upside down, uh, we need to remember that things are not falling apart, they're falling into place. And it's up to us to take the stance to do what is right, and other people will follow. But a lot of people are just waiting for someone who's going to stand up and and then they know they then that gives them courage right that's yeah. one of the things I've, I've thought a lot about the word encouragement uh throughout the last several sessions it's putting courage in right yeah. and when we do the right when each of us every everyone on this call when you do the right thing other people are encouraged to follow your example and uh jonathan i i, I can't say anything without just expressing my gratitude for Texas values. When you talk about my team, Texas values was part of that team. You know, it's it's really our team, right? It's all of the people on this call that cared enough to speak out, to come and testify, to to show support, um, to to make the phone calls and send the emails to the governor, to the lieutenant governor, to the senators in the house, 
and say, support this bill, support this bill. And uh, well, and there was some opposition. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah. well, that's probably, you know, that's probably common sense. You know, you know, there was some opposition. There were people that sort of acted like they were coming up with good reasons. But for many of them, they want the government to be in a position to control the church whenever they want. They want they're OK with liquor stores being open, but churches being closed. And so we said, absolutely not. We're not going to allow that. And we kept pushing forward. We rejected the idea that, oh, you know, we've already got enough protection in the law. Clearly, we didn't. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. And it led to momentum that ended up getting this in our state constitution. And now you've got the highest standard in state law. And with what the Biden administration is doing now, you know, who knows what he might try to mandate. And so uh, your team took advantage of and wasted really no opportunity to seize the moment. Uh, and, And for us to do that together with your team, and also with Scott Sanford, who I know is your state rep, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> you know, who's a pastor I voted himself. for him. Right. I voted for him. Uh, and so uh, it's good to see constituents working together. Uh, but that was a great team, you know, with you and Representative Sanford and did something meaningful. And we really appreciate your leadership on that issue. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we lived through this time where churches were called super spreaders, like a worship service was called a super spreader by our opposition. And then at the same time, you have crazy marches going on, um, yes. you know, uh, against law enforcement, and all this kind of stuff. And that's OK. Right. That's OK. So, um, no, it's it takes everyone. And we're so, so grateful to be able to work with people at Texas Values to to just stay on the same page. and. And, you know, the other thing is, the other reason that these things are important is if you, if you think about what happens if we don't, right? So in some ways, you could really make the argument that um, even a constitutional amendment to the Texas Constitution that churches um, must, be, must remain open, right? Government can't close churches, that it's redundant because that's constitutionally guaranteed us in the United States Constitution, really. Right. I mean... For all practical purposes, it is. It is guaranteed there. And so it's, in a sense, redundant to have the constitutional amendment for Texas. However, had we not, so if you don't act, then what you're dealing with is standing by and creating no resistance to government right. acting in that way. And so what that means is next time it will be, if, right, it's a, if you give a mouse a cookie, who knows what happens if you give the government a cookie? <laughs> Well, I'll let you, you can say that better than I can, but you know, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And, and when those conflicts come up and there's not a response, it does suggest that, well, maybe it's okay to do that, you know, and if there's not something more specific in law, then maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be protecting this, or maybe there's some question. They want the pastors and church leaders to have doubt. They absolutely do. Yes. Uh, the opposition yeah. to this. Um, and so, but we got it done state law. Now it's in the state constitution. Senator Paxson, I know we interrupted your day a little bit. Thank you for making some time um, as you did throughout this year to team up with us doing great, important work on religious freedom and other issues as well. And we hope you have a happy new year. Well, I hope you guys all have a happy new year as well. And, and, you know, um, if, if this is an interruption, it's the most beautiful interruption ever, because again, I want to thank you and all the folks on the call um, all the people who've been engaged with all of the efforts. This is one of many efforts 
that all of us work together toward to protect our liberty, to keep our future free. And, you know, we're coming up on primaries. I want to encourage everyone, pay attention. Get out there and support the candidates who are going to keep our future free. And um, that is really literally what's on the line right now. And Texas Values, I'm so proud to stand arm in arm with you um, to do that. And I hope you all have a, a very happy new year. Thank you for putting courage into me all the time, all the time. You sent pastors by my office <laughs> to pray did. with me. And, uh, and I know it wasn't alone. I mean, it was, although I need, I, I feel like I need extra help. So I appreciate yeah. that. But um, thank you all and happy new year. You bet. Happy new year. Thank you, Senator Paxson, for being our guest today on our Texas Values Year-End Wrap-Up. All right, we're going to let Senator Paxson go and bring in Senior Policy Analyst for Texas Values, Mary Elizabeth Castle. And just as a reminder, one of the reasons we're doing this is to go through some of the significant victories and accomplishments for this year, but also to give you some encouragement, some inspiration to make that tax-deductible donation by the end of the year. Go to txvalues.org. You can support us. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can make that donation now. Like this post, share it, get it in some groups. Let's get a really nice spike of numbers. We've got Pastor Riggle coming up next. We've got Abby Johnson. We're going to go until one o'clock. All right. Senior policy analyst, Mary Elizabeth Castle is with us. And I was uh, joking about not being at the Capitol all that much recently, Mary Elizabeth. We went all the way into the end of October, three special sessions in order to get the job done. But I think it was one of the most successful years and legislative sessions that we've had on our issues. That's not to suggest there weren't some other things we would have liked to get done. But when we started with three key items, I mean, I think you could argue we got all three of them done, right? I mean, Texas heartbeat law, save women's sports, protecting the churches, quite significant. And you were right there helping us lead the way. That's right. This year is very important and special because we were able to get legislation passed on all three pillars. Uh, marriage and family, pro-life, and of course, uh, religious liberty. And it was a battle to get that last pillar, marriage and family, with the Save Women's Sports Bill of protecting girls and women's sports and fighting the gender ideology that is just rampant in schools today. So it was a huge yeah. victory, and we're really grateful for that opportunity. Well, it certainly makes our top five. You know, you did significant work on the State Board of Education. And I mean, we came up for air at the end of October when the last special session ended, you know, really at a high point, right? The Save Women's Sports Bill gets passed, excuse me. And, you know, we had been working and I remember us talking. We're like, goodness, you know, what are the chances? The governor put it on the call again. And but it had been a struggle, right? I mean, the Senate had passed it, but the House just a mess with the process and the way things were going, it was a lot of uncertainty. And we just decided, look, we've got a shot. Let's put everything into it. And, you know, there's some other issues we just didn't focus on as much because we thought we had a really good chance to get this done. And that matters, you know, finishing the job. And that's exactly what we did. That's what you helped lead us do. And I mean, there were some tense moments and some testimonies where they came at you and other members of our team. Um, you know, it got a little, you know, it got a little personal and, you know, really, I think, tried to, you know, push to see what we were made of. And you were leading us right there, staying strong, staying confident, staying on message, staying consistent, and staying focused. They didn't shake us. And that's a big reason why we got it done. Well, thank you, Jonathan. And, you know, it's right. Sometimes these issues get, unfortunately, very personal, but it gets personal because I think they run out of good talking points. Uh, they exactly. run out of good 
logic um, and then they don't really know what to say except to go uh, for the nuclear. Um, and so we did see a lot of personal attacks, uh, but you know that didn't really get the argument across the finish line when you just personally attack legislators. I remember one Senate hearing, uh, one person uh, that was an LGBTQ advocate said, for considering the Save Women's Sports Bill, you're just fundamentally bad people. And he said that to the senators. Um, and you're like, who would even say that to state elected officials and kind of have the gall to do that? But, you know, I think because it's such a simple issue, it's about fairness. Um, like Beth Stelzer said, if you're across the spectrum politically um, and belief wise, then you understand that this is just not fair that boys are playing in women's sports um, just because of gender identity. Yeah, well, look, and we had some great testimony from UIL making it clear this was a growing problem. This is the entity that manages, uh, governs, if you will, sports and public schools from middle school and high school. And, you know, look, it, the guy that testified was kind of guarded in his comments. We're still waiting to get a public information request back from them on some of this information. But however he stated it, I think it was pretty clear this has been a problem that's growing. And, and, and that, that really helped us communicate. We need a solution. And, and we need to address this. We can't continue to ignore it. The rooms were packed. The hearing rooms were packed with the other side wanting to have question or an absence of law that they could take advantage of or that you could have biological boys playing in girls sports. And so um, and with a lot of this issue flaring up the past week or so um, in other parts of the country, it's not going away. It's, you know, and, and how many examples do you need of this happening of unfairness in these competitions to see the need for it. Texas was the eighth or ninth state to pass a law of this type, more looking at it. And I think a lot of people had a lot of confidence with what Texas was able to do. And, and you know, and again, they put us to the test, Mary Elizabeth. And, and look, you, you did great work on the heartbeat law on all of our legislative efforts. And I'm stressing a little bit more on the Save Women's Sports because I know, you know, probably more some of our members of team, you might have did a little bit more at times. We were kind of like, all right, your point for this. And then, but right after that, we jumped right into State Board of Education without really much time to catch our breath. And that became a huge deal. I mean, it was like national news all of a sudden. Nobody was paying attention. The next thing you knew, it came into focus and everybody was talking about it. But again, you were there. Our team was there on the ground. And that was the key for us getting some good things done. Yeah. And, you know, and many of our supporters know while we're focusing on one thing over here, there's always something somewhere else that's going on. So you can never just say, oh, we're not going to pay attention to this agency or this school board while session is going on. There's always something brewing in the background. And that's what was happening with the health textbooks. And you may remember the huge victory from last year in 2020 when we got abstinence-based uh, health standards uh, at the state level for K-12 through students. But the battle wasn't over. Uh, that was a huge victory. Um, we were able to keep a lot of radical sex education, LGBT, abortion, drug-based sex education out of the standards. But the textbook publishers uh, were really clever and they wanted their last ditch effort to actually place bids uh, with the state of Texas to have these radical textbooks with inappropriate materials uh, for health students in the state of Texas. Um, and you can go to our website to read more details about that, but they were extremely inappropriate, um, LGBT-based, uh, abortion-based, um, just 
inappropriate for children, and they were being up for consideration at the State Board of Education to be adopted. And as you know, uh, because Texas is such a huge buyer for textbooks, uh, these textbooks would be a recommendation for even other states uh, if we were to approve those textbooks. And no, that's absolutely right. Yes, absolutely. And thankfully, we were able to stop those books from being on the approved list by the State Board of Education and actually get a better alternative that our team even helped with editing to make it more appropriate for kids and make it abstinence-based. Now, look, and, and again, we've got more detail about this at our website, txvalues.org. You can also donate while you're there too as well. But that was in November. And look, I mean, it was just a few weeks ago. So our work has continued. There's some work we've done at the local level related to these issues. Probably too much to cover in an hour and a half. I'm telling you, it was a busy year, but it was a successful year. And Mary Elizabeth, you're a big part of it. So thanks for spending some time to us with us today on our year and wrap up. All right. Thank you. All right. We've got Pastor Steve Rinkle in the waiting room. We're going to bring him in. I got a little behind on the schedule. I'm sorry, Mary Elizabeth. I kind of uh, made it a little bit tight there because I, I needed not talk as much. Pastor Riggle is in the waiting room, but I'm waiting to see him come in. There he is. Pastor Riggle leads Grace Church in the Houston area, leads a ministry across the country, really a worldwide ministry, but has been a just a leading voice for uh, as a pastor himself, but for people of faith in the state of Texas, not afraid to push back against the government, not afraid to say when the government's going too far and restricting our rights. He had this great series in his in his church that I was a part of uh, called the No Series, talking about things you need to say no to and and a lot in the opposite, you know, saying yes to God. Uh, but his friendship and leadership has been so key, and he's also been there helping us with the new church ambassador network. So, Pastor Riggle, welcome to our year and wrap up for Texas Values. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here with you. Well, look, I mean, you know, it was a lot of uncertainty this year in the session. You know, could you go into the Capitol? Were they going to protect churches? You know, what what was the state legislature going to do? We had a new president in place, a lot of moving parts and a lot of uncertainty. But our organization really got to work a lot more closely with you speaking at your church, but a lot of times doing work at the state Capitol to protect our churches and then to showcase a new effort where we're trying to, to, to help more uh, pastors and church leaders have that connection or that relationship with government. So the churches are respected and the government knows where their limits are. Well, I think the strength of, uh, of joining forces in terms of the battle of this day is really, really important. And so, uh, you know, churches need an advocate. And uh, I guess I'm not on video here. I, I probably did something. So uh, I'm, my technical skills uh, That's okay. are quite high. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I think when I think about Texas values, I've said this before, I'd, I'd like to say two things I think are really important. First one is that if you really want to have some influence, you have to be there. You can't just, uh, you can't just uh, go out and try to find it or, or, or I guess you could try to convince other people of it, but you've got to be there where the action is. That's, that's what's impressed me over the years about Texas Values. Jonathan, you're there, your staff's there, and it's so critical for that to be. And the second thing is, uh, I'm no expert on politics at all, but I have friends who are 
elected representatives, people in government. And then I have uh, friends who are those attempting to hold those elected officials to account, which needs to happen. And what's real important is that in that arena is that you're able to do what you do with respect. Uh, you, uh, and I respect you and I respect Texas values because you respect the legislators, you honor them for the place they have. At the same time, you're able to hold them to account. That's a, that's, that's a difficult place to walk. And I think you do that well. I don't think I've ever told you that before. Well, but, well, I appreciate that. We're talking with Pastor Steve Riggle, who leads Grace Church and Grace Ministries across the, the country in, in, uh, and across the world. And we've had a friendship, a great friendship over the years. And I've drawn a lot from how I've seen you operate, trying to find that balance of holding people in authority, particularly government officials, accountable but also trying to be there and, and have that level of respect because we know that to, you know they're the ones that actually vote. So you do rely on them to, to get things done to a certain extent. Uh, it takes time. It takes care. You know, it's things that I've learned over the years. I try to do that with our team as well, all of us. But, you know, it, I think it's also the Christ-like way to do things. And that can be challenging in our environment. Sometimes people will throw that out the, the window um, and elevate politics instead uh, and lose their way. But uh, we do try to do that. I mean, we're a Christian organization. So, uh, but sometimes, you know, it's a little bit more challenging and it's sort of a long-term strategy in some ways, but, um, you know, I I think that's the right way to do it. I do think more than um, not, that helps us yield with some good results. Well, obviously, I think, uh, I think you just take a look at there again, that approach, I think has gained you considerable influence and a voice with that is so critically needed. And because, uh, you, you know, with your voice, uh, a church has, a church has a voice uh, yeah. for the issues they care about uh, a church by itself. Its voice is probably limited, maybe in some cases, non non-existent. And so when churches can join together, they can support an organization like Texas values and all of the, the supporters who may be on the call today, um, I really believe that this is a great organization to sow into. Uh, we are, Becky and I support it personally. Our church supports Texas Values, and it's because we believe in this mission. We believe in Jonathan. We believe in his staff, and I think the fruitfulness is very obvious. Uh, whenever there's a bill, any of these bills that matter, Texas Values is there. So I salute you. Uh, thank you so much. Well, appreciate you, Pastor Riggle, and hope you and uh, your family have a blessed new year, and we'll look forward to working with you again in 2022. All right, Jonathan. God bless you. God bless you. All right, we've got Abby Johnson in the waiting room. I'm just shifting gears quickly. We're going to try to wrap up with by 1 o'clock. We might push it a little bit longer because we're having such great conversation. But I'll tell you what. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I mean, the title of this is What is the Top Story of the Year? Um, We talked about Save Women's Sports. We talked about protecting churches. All of those things are important. But in my opinion, and there are some publications that already agree, the top story of the year, not only just for the state of Texas, but nationally, is the Texas heartbeat law. There's no question when it comes to the life issue, I think it's the top story of the year. And someone that was right there with us, helping it get us done, was our good friend and pro-life leader, 
Abby Johnson. Abby, welcome to our year in wrap up. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's good to see you again. I know you've been active. We've got to see each other quite a bit this year, uh, more than other years. And I really appreciate it. You've spoken at several events of ours. You, you worked with us at the Capitol and we had a conversation earlier this year. And I felt what I heard from you is, you know, I want to get involved more in what's happening in my own state. You know, you travel across the country, you've worked on heartbeat laws in other states. Those have been struck down and, and they didn't go forward. And you and I had a conversation in the halls of the Capitol, and I remember it. And I, and I and it really struck me, and I thought, okay, well, let me think about that. And so as a result of that, we're able to work together more this year. And now we've got one of the most important and significant pro-life laws ever in the state of Texas. And now we've got the Supreme Court on the cusp of possibly overturning Roe versus Wade, a Texas case. Um, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how important of a year this has been for the life movement? I mean, obviously huge. Uh, it's, this has been a huge year for Texans. It's been a, a huge year just for life uh, in, in, in our country, really, because Texas is setting a precedent for the rest of the nation. Um, and we're showing people that you can use innovative ways to get around the court uh, to get around the courts and uh, to save lives. And that's what we have to keep doing. We have to keep using our heads, uh, using our brains, using these legal skills that, that many people have and say, okay, what can we do to save as many lives as we can? And that's what we're doing in the state. And I just think it's really poignant that this happens in the state of Texas. You know, Roe was decided right here. In, in the state of Texas. And I just think it makes sense that, uh, you know, that the heartbeat law is one of the ways that abortion is going to become unthinkable in, in the United States. Now we're talking with Abby Johnson, pro-life leader. She's also a Texan. She's a proud graduate of Texas A&M University. And we're going to go um, through our segment, not with Abby this long, but till one o'clock. So if you're watching it, like it, share it, let's get it. Let's get the numbers up join this conversation. And we're going to be talking with Abby for just a little bit longer about some of the key issues this year, the big stories. I think the Texas heartbeat law is number one, definitely in the state of Texas. Some people think it's the biggest life issue and story of the country, according to one publication that uh, came out with a story yesterday. And, and But there's just, look, the evidence is there, a lot of the discussion. And it's interesting, Abby, because you and I have seen this before. A lot of times pro-life laws, they get struck down, like heartbeat laws in other states, we're fighting in a defensive position. We're fighting from behind. We're fighting in the courts just so one day we can actually use that law and start implementing it. It was completely different. And I think the left, the pro-abortion side, sort of got caught off guard. I mean, they did file a lawsuit. Obviously, the way that the law is written made it very difficult because it's private prosecution, if you will, and enforcement instead of the government. But I do think there was just something interesting going on where um, you know, they figured the Biden administration, whatever case, that things were going to go as usual, and they didn't. And September 1 was coming, midnight was coming, the Supreme Court was not stepping in for them, and oh my gosh, they were falling apart left and right. And now we're, you know, uh, four months in place, and we estimate over 18,000 lives have been saved since the Texas heartbeat law went into effect on September 1st. I mean, yeah, it's nice to finally not be reactive 
right? We were the ones that were proactive. We were the ones finally on the offense and they were the ones on the defense saying, oh my gosh, we don't, we don't know what to do. Oh my gosh, we can't kill babies today. Right. And like, just imagine being so distraught that you can't kill babies. And that's, that's literally how they were. Um, They were so upset that they had to at midnight stop killing babies. And, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again, this is creating a paradigm shift in our culture, that men and women are for the first time in almost 50 years, having to think about the consequences of their actions, that that abortion is not just a simple solution for a pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy. And that's really a a shift in in thinking. Um, And I think that not only are we going to see abortions go down in the state of Texas, I predict that we're also going to see unplanned pregnancies go down in the state of Texas because people are going to actually have to start thinking about the decisions that they're making. And they're going to actually have to start making better choices uh, well, and, before and, the know, pregnancy even exists. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, I mean, the issue of choice is talked a lot about in this topic, but there are some choices that people don't spend as much time talking about and they should. And one of the things that we have, we've got a new revamped updated website because it's not just about what the law says and okay, can you, or can you not, you know, is this breaking law is not, it's also about the culture that we're creating in society. So not only did the Texas legislature pass the Texas heartbeat law, they, in, in a bipartisan group of them, it wasn't just Republicans, but you now also have this new funding in place for two years, a hundred million dollars in place, the alternatives to abortion fund. We've got all that information links to a lot of different resources and connection points at our updated website, texasheartbeatlaw.com. Cause now it's about what happens after row. What, what does the culture look like? Is the culture ready for this change? And I believe we are. And one of those is because what Texas is doing to lead really on being there to support women when they make this choice to keep their baby and start a family or, or however that comes about. And so that they know that there are 400, if not more, pregnancy care centers across the state of Texas ready to help them in a variety of different ways. I know you've been a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And we are seeing an uptick. Um, I know that our hotline, uh, loveline.com, we, you know, just last week, we saw 44 new intakes in a week, uh, 44 new clients. And can we handle it? Yeah, we can handle it. Uh, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what the pro-life movement has been waiting for. We've been waiting uh, for and preparing for a post-row world. And yeah. I think that it's, we're going to see it very soon. And this has sort of been a test run in the state of Texas, one of the largest states in, in our great nation. And we have passed the test with flying colors. Uh, we have far more resources in the pro-life movement than they do in the pro-choice movement. We're the ones yeah. that are really helping women. And, and I think the key to one of the keys is, you know, as we continue to stay united, we continue to build on this momentum. You were there in DC in December, as well as I, and a lot of pro-life leaders, a lot of excitement and anticipation about what's going to happen with this case out of Mississippi where Roe versus Wade is being directly challenged. But we're not going to just sit around and wait for that because that's not going to be until June. 
um, you know, that's probably when it's going to happen. Um, we're getting to work right now. Many of us have been working like yourself and others for years. And those are just some of the other reasons why people should consider donating to some of the work that we do at Texas Values. Um, Abby's got a great ministry that she runs as well because we're, we're doing the work now, but we've got to continue to do more of it. We've got to continue to prepare. We've got to continue to put more people, as you said, you got an uptick in work, more people in positions to do that work, to be prepared for that, to continue to move alongside with the culture. Because I think the culture and society has also become more pro-life. And, and that's an indication of what, what we're doing in law is just mirroring that. I think that also puts us in a position that the Supreme Court is going to see, okay, this guy's not falling in Texas or Mississippi or wherever. Um, you know, you see that a lot of times Supreme Court decisions, it, fa- it falls along with what society is already doing and is prepared to do. And that a lot is the work over many decades, you and others that have been doing this work, leaving this work, helping women leave the abortion movement, having an option to go to um, if it's been their livelihood. And so I just want to commend you on that. And I just want to say thank you, too, for working so closely with us this year. We've got a lot of great work left to do, but we did some special things this year and we appreciate you. Absolutely. And I just want to encourage people. I'm a donor to Texas Values. I just want to encourage people to donate. It's a great organization and uh, they really are getting things done. At, in our state and at the Capitol. Well, we've been humbled by your support, Abby. You know that, and, and, and your friendship means a lot. And, and I look forward to a year that, just like 2021, is going to be historic. And our hope, and I know yours as well, is that um, where, you know, where abortion started is where we stop it in the great state of Texas. So happy new year to you and your family, and we'll look forward to working with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, Kosh, good, good to spend time with Abby. She's got such a great perspective on so many issues related to life and really was extraordinary to work with her, to have her at the Capitol so often. And uh, sorry, sometimes I forget I'm on camera the whole time I'm sitting here. I've been sitting here for an hour and a half. All right, I apologize. Let me regroup myself because we've got another great guest. Of course, she's going to be, you save the best for last. Did I say that? I'm going to be in trouble with all my guests now. No, but she is certainly one of the great leaders in the work that we do. She's a great friend to Texas Values. Uh, she probably still calls considers herself a Texan. I don't know. I'll let her work that out. But I know so, a lot of the great work that she's done on religious liberty, marriage and family and life happened and started and really kind of grew up in the state of Texas. And now she's going on to do great things across the country with Family Policy Alliance. We're going to welcome in as the last guest of our end of year wrap up video, Nicole Hudgens with Family Policy Alliance. Nicole, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me and happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. We're just, I mean, we're like 18 hours away, which means, is it 18? No, I'm sorry, 36 hours away. That may be the title of an email that goes out soon. All right, so people can donate. You work for a nonprofit. You you have for many years. You know what this the, the end of year is like, but I know that it's also important to reflect back and to say thank you to the people that you worked with to be able to look back and, and see such an extraordinary year. Your organization, you came in and worked with us on the Save Women Sports issue. Family Policy Alliance was one of the first national organizations to step forward and say, we're going to focus and we're going to work to support the Texas heartbeat law. And it was critical. And it, and, and your work, y'all probably didn't realize you were going to spend this much time in Texas. Went all the way until the end of October almost. Um, but we got some great things done. And, and I just want to say how much we appreciate that and all the great work that um, your friends have, and your colleagues have done at Family Policy Alliance. Couldn't do it without you. 
Well, it's an honor to work with you, Jonathan. And I have the privilege of, of having gotten to work with you closely when, when I was in Texas. And something I'll never forget you showed me was that government belongs to those who show up. And that's exactly what y'all are doing in Texas. You know, I remember as Texas goes, so goes the rest of the nation. So all the work that you and your team are doing, you've got an incredible team that are there day in and day out. I remember when I got to come for the Save Women Sports Bill and that hearing went till I was it four in the morning, six in the morning? Uh, 530. It was 530. 530. Yeah. 530 in the morning. <laughs> but your team was there the entire time. And and that's what y'all do is you is you are the voices for Texans across the state. And so I it's an honor to be a part, you know, at Family Policy Alliance, we're a national organization. So we work with groups like Texas Values and other groups across the country, uh, nearly 40 state family policy councils. And we're just so appreciative to get to work with y'all um, and, and support you as you're advancing the line on faith, family and freedom. Well, let's talk about the heartbeat law for just a second and, and work y'all are doing related to that. And then we'll finish up with the with a little more detail on the work we did together on Save Women Sports, a state law that about seven or other states are doing something similar to. But your team came in and really was one of the first national organizations. And not to say other groups didn't support it, but there are a lot of pro-life laws, as you know, at the beginning of the session. Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Who's going to get involved in this? But Family Policy Alliance, with our friendship, came forward and said, we're with you all on the Texas Heartbeat Law early on. Um, and, and since then, we've had it in effect since September 1st. Uh, people can see the current number at TexasHeartbeatLaw.com, over 18,000 lives saved since that law went into effect. But y'all are doing something special, preparing for what's happening after that with your new campaign, your website, and this effort called After Row. Talk to us a little bit about that. That's right. So AfterRow.com is really a vision for when Roe versus Wade is overturned. And, you know, I grew up thinking that all we have to do is overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's a very important step. And we could see that with the uh, Dobbs Supreme Court case now. But what's important for folks to know is that's not the final step. That's actually just the beginning. And so what we're doing with afterroe.com is educating people about what's going to happen in your state uh, regarding abortion once Roe v. Wade is overturned. Now, Texas, y'all have done some fantastic work, including with the Heartbeat Act. I mean, 18,000 children will get to have a birthday because of the direct work that y'all have done at Texas Values. And that's astounding. But there are other things that need to happen. Um, and we we want to envision a nation where abortion is unthinkable and every preborn child is valued. And so we encourage folks to go to After Roe afterroad.com. Um, you can find what's happening in Texas. You'll see a great video of Jonathan explaining what the oh, policies are in Texas. You're on that. there. That's I right. forgot. It was You're like a 30 second video, a couple, like several of us cut. That's right. I was probably wearing the same tie. Who knows? <laughs> Red's a great color. So we, we want to educate folks on what's going to happen in each state. Uh, across the nation once Roe versus Wade is overturned, and there will be more initiatives coming uh, soon in the future. So we encourage folks to go to afterroad.com for more information. Well, it's probably the question for a lot of people too, like, oh my gosh, what happens after Roe? You know, the other side. And not to make light of it, it's important to be prepared for that. I think we've been preparing for a long time for that in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think we lost Nicole for just a minute. Maybe she thought we were losing her. I don't think so. But um, we'll wait for her to plug back in. But afterrow.com, and look, I mean, you know, this is something I've talked about. We've got all this funding in place in the state of Texas for what happens, you know, for to support women and support babies in the womb. There's Nicole. 
we have her back. But but um, because a lot of people are acting like, oh my gosh, that this you know the sky is going to fall, and you know what's it going to look like? And it allows the Supreme Court, you know, they should stick to what the law says and what the arguments are. But there's no question that people look around and see what's the society like. And society and culture has changed. Medical developments have happened that we know about the unborn child. Just with the heartbeat law, I don't think people realize that a baby's heart could start beating as early as five, six, maybe even four weeks. That that allows people to say, wait a minute, the baby has a heartbeat, then we shouldn't be taking that life. And so all these things become very relevant in this discussion. And so starting that conversation now, which started really two or three weeks ago with the website afterroad.com, I think is fantastic. And we're a big supporter of that. We love what y'all are doing. Let's switch gears before we lose you, because we want to respect your time. On the Save Women's Sports issue, alluded to that. We you know, had several committee hearings. One of them went till almost 5.30, which I bet gave you a flashback or a member of that Chick-fil-A law, you know, all night hearing where we literally walked to our office at seven 30 in the morning. Um, that was in 2019. And so they will push you to the limit sometimes. And I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but some of them do in the process just ended up playing out that way. But we were there, we stayed. I was one of the last to testify. You were there, you stayed. I think it was three 30 or four in the morning when you testified and that matters that, that shows that commitment to these issues. And at the end of the day, we got it done. You know, we've got protection to make it clear that boys cannot compete in girls sports at high school and middle school level. I know you feel the same way. We need to go back and, and get college done. But getting high school done was definitely important and significant this year. Absolutely. Y'all truly advanced the line on that issue and joined multiple other states that have done uh, and accomplished this policy. And I'm, I'm excited. I was excited to see that Texas was able to endure through that. I mean, y'all, y'all had to work and work exactly. and work. <laughs> there, you really, you truly did. But I mean, I remember Jonathan being in Texas and we would talk to legislators and the impact that, that was had when people would show up at the Capitol and testify, when they would call their legislator, when they would respond to the action alert. It really did move the needle. It kept the issue relevant. And it made sure that Texas legislators knew that this is issue is important to constituents. And if it's important to constituents, then it should be important to them. And I just congratulate y'all on a job well done. Your, your whole team. I mean, Mary Elizabeth, Jonathan Covey, Nancy runs, <laughs> runs the shop. You've got Brian doing an incredible job with the pastors. Joseph's doing great work. Natalie is an arena are doing a phenomenal job with their, your communications efforts. You truly have an all-star team. Uh, and, and it shows, especially looking back on, on what you've accomplished over this past year. Well, we appreciate that. And, and again, look, I mean, having a national organization like family policy Alliance, helps us so much in our state-based work. You know, I, a lot of times say they provide air cover, if you will. They can bring information that they've gotten from other states to say, look, this is when we testified on this issue in another state, this is what we heard. Here's a good response to that question. Here's some of the stats from another part of the country. And also for legislators to understand, this is an issue that other states are grappling with. And so, you know, Texas isn't all that different. And so I really love the research um, a lot of the key talking points and the guidance and the strategy that Family Policy Alliance uh, ha has provided for many years and particularly during this session. And so I'm glad you're a part of what they're doing. Um, it allows us to continue, you know, that friendship and connection that we've had with you and the great work you're doing. And so uh, we're, we're always rooting for you and, and appreciate all that you're doing with Family Policy Alliance. Couldn't have had the year we had without you. 
Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Jonathan, at, at Texas Values. And I hope you have a very happy new year. Excited to see what happens this coming year in the state of Texas and across our nation. Absolutely. Happy new year to you too. And Nicole Hudgens from Family Policy Alliance has been our last guest today on this special Texas Values Report year-end update. All right, I got a couple of concluding comments. I know we're, we're beyond one o'clock, but I got to make my, my last couple of comments. Um, look, there were a lot of people that we would have had on this show if we could have fit them all in in an hour and a half. There were several that uh, really wanted to be a part of it, but couldn't make the schedule work. So this is not indicative of these were the, you know, only the special people or the main people. A lot of people that were part of the work we do, I could spend an hour and a half just going down that list but if you go to our website, you'll see a lot of those different organizations. Being able to be effective in the work we do, it does matter for us to have the relationships we have. You've got to team up. You can't, you know, sometimes you, you might be able to handle certain issues on your own. And we certainly like to lead as much as we can. But it matters a lot when you've got those friendships and relationships with other entities, with other leaders, with elected officials to work together. You truly have to have a united work uh, effort on a lot of our issues. Uh, to get things done. As I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, if you will, that it's a lot easier to kill a bill than it is to pass a bill. And so we're going to put something up later, kind of outlining our top stories of the year. But I mean, we didn't even talk as much about, um, we mentioned it briefly, the mail order abortion issue. Um, That is a new law that was passed. Um, Sex education is no longer opt out, it's opt in. All right. The work we did at the State Board of Education, um, we mentioned several times the church protection bills, not only in state law, but now in the, at, at the constitutional level. And some tremendous victories in court that our leaders were a part of, pushing back against the Biden administration um, with their vaccine mandates. That issue is still going on. There were a lot of things that came out of the attorney general's office and the governor's office that gave guidance, that gave agency direction to make sure that religious liberties protected, that our values are protected. A lot of that stuff we'll have up on our website. And so still some work to do. Um, we, we do support a fourth special session, particularly on uh, pushing back against vaccine mandates and gender modification. But if you look at back, as I mentioned, the three pillars of our organization, religious liberty, marriage and family, and life. We got major legislation on all three of those. Pro-life, you had the heartbeat law, uh, marriage and family, the save women sports issue, and then on religious freedom, three pieces of legislation to protect churches and religious organizations. So quite a bit to reflect on and just some of the reasons why you should consider making a tax-deductible donation to Texas Values. We've got a $50,000 matching grant in place. You can make that donation today at txvalues.org. You can send your friends there. If you get a donation, send us a comment. Drop it in the comments here. Send us an email um, saying you appreciate what we do. But when you get that receipt or you get that indication, or if you get that email from us about the donation reminder, forward that to a friend. I mean, we do have supporters in all 254 counties of our state but we'd love to have more. Okay. We, there are what, I don't know, 30 million people in the state of Texas. We're nowhere close to hitting some of those numbers. So a lot of new people move here every day, a lot of new people to meet that we feel like could benefit for the leading work that we're doing for faith, family, and freedom. And so you may hear from me. I'm, you may get a call from me tomorrow. I'm still making calls, sending emails and text messages to remind people, but it not only is just about, you know, reminding them to donate and invest in our work, it gives me a connection point too, just to share with people some of the personal stories, some of the insights, but also to share our appreciation. Um, and, and a lot of it is prayer that people give us. It's a nice email. It's encouragement. Um, we like those, right? You don't, you know, you can send a note to us just saying, hey, think you are doing great work. Thank you. It doesn't always have to come with a donation, but, or if you're just praying for us and we're not aware of that, 
send us a note saying, hey, we're praying for you. Um, you know, it can get really challenging in some of those, you know, wee hours of the night, right? Four or five o'clock in the morning, you can feel like you're, you know, just there on your own or with a few people uh, can put you to the test. And so uh, we're human. We love to hear those reminders that people appreciate what we do, but we do as well. We know we're a nonprofit organization. We know if people didn't invest in our work really with what's left, right? I mean, they pay all their bills and then it's like, if I've got anything left, here's what I've been blessed with. And so we don't take that for granted. Um, next year, I think uh, we'll, we'll be at our 10 year anniversary. Uh, businesses come and go all the time. I don't take any of that for granted, but I'm a fifth generation Texan. I've been blessed to be a licensed attorney for 17 years. And, you know, it's um, 18 years, actually, this, this November that just passed. And so, um, I, you know, I feel like I've been truly blessed and I really appreciate so much of the interaction that we've had with people over this year. It's been one of the most incredible, one of the most important, one of the most uh, historic and significant years that we've had on our work since we've been ex in existence at Texas Value. So please consider supporting our work at txvalues.org. Tell some friends and family about it. And that's how we can continue to protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.